Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning, Long Beach Christian Fellowship. I want to begin this morning with a confession. I'm not sure I slept really well last night. Actually, I'm sure I didn't. So, um, you know, when we have the honor and the privilege of bringing um, our views on Scripture, our thoughts about seasons uh, to a community that we love and are really, really crazy about, there's a weightiness to that, and there's a... um, desire to do well. And um, Advent has been a really crazy season for me this morning. Um, What some of you really know very well and what others of you don't know as well is that we, the team that puts the Sunday morning together, we meet for prayer in the children's hallway at 8.30 every Sunday morning. And in that space, we share what's up, We talk about what's going on in our lives. We talk about what we think the Holy Spirit might be saying to us. And uh, Pastor Danny this morning, he asked us the question, um, well, after sharing that his advent has felt like slower and he was more able to take in the people, um, and rather than just hurrying from event to event, he asked us how we were doing. And, um, hmm... When I checked in with my own heart, I realized that I was definitely still in very much a grieving place. Um, I shared with you the last time I taught in November that I've lost a lot of people. Um, And then Catherine, actually before I shared, Catherine shared that she was finding herself in a place of joy, that she was more in touch with the joy of this season than maybe in the past she had been. And she... uh, contradicted joy and longings that in the past she might have focused on the longings but she was finding herself um, yeah focusing on the joy and I thought now do I join this bandwagon of all good things in Advent or do I speak what's really true for me because um, and I'm not actually those things aren't not true it's just that for me grief has really been up and um, I've lost people and it feels so unfair Grieving is really weird and messy and hard, and we do it in all kinds of different ways. And so here I get to be here on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Christmas Day is one week from today, and I get to talk about love. And love is so interwoven. It's the embroidery and all the other words that we have used in this Advent season. Love is embroidered into hope. It's embroidered into peace. It's embroidered into joy. It's also embroidered into grief. And we get to, um, in this season of waiting, of anticipating again, we get to feel what we feel. So I think I really wanted to just speak to all of you, um, all of you that are here this morning, those of you who are catching us on Facebook or on YouTube. Yeah, don't, don't, don't feel how you think you should. Feel how you feel, and trust that God honors that, that he honors you in your grief, in your joy, in your relaxation, and in your busy craziness. 
Um, yesterday I came home from an event with people that I love very much, thinking I had the afternoon to like polish this. And then when we walked in the door, I said to my husband, I need to make 25 creme brulees. <laughs> because there's an, a family event at our home today, and that had like gone out of my head. So I spent a lot of the afternoon and into the evening making creme brulee, running to the computer, continuing creme brulee, making John put it in the refrigerator, which had no room anyway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, somewhere around 1 in the morning, I woke up, and I have this sensation in my heart that I'm going to take this teaching that I thought I had, all neat and fairly packaged up. And that was going to sound really good, because when I read it, it always sounds better than when I just speak. Uh, and that that is what I was going to offer. Offer up to God this morning, offer it to you. But I have this crazy sense that I might not go <laughs> there. <laughs> so be surprised, because I'm going to be surprised with you. And let's just see where we go together this morning as we talk about love. Okay, and I just have to say, a thrill of hope, you know that comes from Oh Holy Night. And you know that all of the, all of the weeks are in that song. There's joy in that song. You can put that slide up, actually, if you think. Can you catch that one really? Look at this. It's a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. I can own that one right now. He taught us to love one another. His law is love. His gospel is peace and then sweet hymns of joy. All the weeks that we have celebrated in this Advent season are right there in that beautiful song. And then the response, the response is that we fall on our knees. And that makes me crazy because if I fall on my knees, you guys are going to have to help me up. <laughs> but, yeah, I wanted to start just speaking about that also. Um, his law is love and hope and peace and joy. They're all intermingled. Okay, going back to my notes here. As Steve told us last week so beautifully, Steve the mayor told us last week that the word advent comes from the Latin adventus, and it means waiting. But guess what else adventus is the root word of? Adventure. Okay, now I hate waiting, but I kind of like adventure. So I love that we get to mingle those two together. So in our waiting, what has been the adventure? And actually what I started out talking about is a part of that adventure. For some of us, the adventure has been grief. For others, joy. For others, time with family and friends. What's your adventure? Where have you found yourselves adventuring, venturing, waiting? in this season. So, maybe in our waiting, we should adventure. Maybe part of adventuring is asking questions. Who or what are we waiting for? Because even here at LBCF, we're waiting. We've been waiting for a long time for so many different things. And in different seasons of the iteration of this community, which began in 1983, for those of you who don't know, 
Even at the beginning of this church, we were waiting for something. We've always been waiting for the Holy Spirit. One of the things that our founding pastor used to say is that if we lick our finger and put it up in the air, we'll feel the wind and the direction that it's blowing. And in and out of Advent seasons of waiting as this community, the wind has blown us in different directions. And once again, we get to go where we are called. Always, we wait for shalom, for Christ's return. When we believe that things will be made whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. Today, love. What a great fourth week of Advent word. It's really kind of a crazy word that means lots of things. For instance, I love the colors purple and orange and turquoise. I love BBQ spicy chicken wings, but Ryan can eat them more than any of the rest of us can. I love two cups of coffee every morning. I love my children fiercely. And I love to get into bed at the end of a very busy day and snuggle into my pillow and comforter and say a couple of owls, my, my knee hurts. Oh, oh, that hip, you know, because I'm at that space in life. I love my husband. And I say that I love God. And I do. But love. God is love, the Bible tells us. And God loves us. The Bible tells us that as well, and yet, damn, that's hard to receive, isn't it? We can, we can say, yes, I know Jesus loves me. When the children sing it, they believe it. <laughs> but somehow life changes that. And it is truly love that allows us to wait, which is, again, what Advent is all about. We wait for love with love. Interestingly, it isn't the birth of Jesus that ushered love into the world because love has always been here. The very act of creating was done out of love. In the New International Version, the word love is written in there 551 times, but when we get to the New Living Translation, it's there 898 times. It's a big word in the Bible. Jesus mentioned it 13 times. But ultimately, the Bible is all about teaching us about love. I've already said this, but God made the first move. He made the first move through creation, not through bringing Jesus into the world. And I think we miss that so much of the time. One of the things that uh, Greg Boyd, who is a pastor, teacher, theologian, said that we kind of blame God for what he is not, but anything that is God-like can be seen in Jesus Christ. If we see God differently than who Jesus has represented him to be, we see him incorrectly. In fact, Jesus himself said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. You know the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. 
and the Father has always loved his creation. He's always loved his Son. He's always loved each and every one of us, his children. So when we speak about Advent, we are not just talking about waiting for little baby Jesus to be born, even though we are. That's what we commemorate. Because that already happened 2,000 plus years ago. We are welcoming the Christ that is forever being born and reborn in our human souls, individually, and in our history. We call that incarnation. I love that word because it makes me think of chili con carne. <laughs> That's the reason I love it, yeah. Because it means with flesh. So this God, this mysterious presence, being, man, woman, spirit that uh, created all that we are and all that we see around us uh, knew again what it was that we needed and so he came to us in human form with flesh and right now in so many places in this world in so many places even in Long Beach it seems like once again there's no room for him there's no room at the inn. Where are we going to let him be born? Where are we going to see him as the gift of love? It is a mystery. Eastern Christianity, because you know Advent has been around for a very, very long time. This is not a new celebration. It's an old, old, old time of waiting. Eastern Christianity understands the mystery of incarnation, and they find themselves always waiting for God. It's always Advent, because God is forever coming into the world. We are always waiting so when John and I first met, we met on a blind date. Well, neither one of us was blind, but but <laughs> the way that that worked is that I was I uh, my other life as a banker, I managed a branch in downtown Long Beach for Great Western Savings Bank, and I had an employee who thought I was really boring and thought I should go out. So she ended up convincing me that I needed to go to dinner with. Um, her, her boyfriend, and her boyfriend's friend. And I said, don't do that to me. Do not set me up. I have more dignity than that. I didn't, obviously. And went to dinner with this guy who ate off of my plate and was wild and crazy and jumped over hedges and drove a Porsche. Only, only that day. That. <laughs> And um, in, in so many ways, I really, I really fell for this guy. I was pretty crazy about him. And uh, I remember a time that we were in a restaurant in Seal Beach. I want to call it the Fish Something, but I don't remember the name of the restaurant. It's, it doesn't exist there anymore. We were in a restaurant together, and we were sitting in the booth, and the waitress was waiting on us. And we were like, and I'm going to use a word that Danny told me isn't a word, we were like schmoopy in love. You know what I'm talking about? 
you know, we're touching all the time and we're looking into each other's eyes and there's nothing but smiles happening on our faces. We're in that place, that schmoopy kind of love. And oh, it felt so good. And the waitress said, you two are so in love. And I uh, really also loved that she recognized that we were so in love. But guess what? None of that was about love. I'm thinking that I am much more like the people of Israel waiting for God to come back. Because I want easy. I want schmoopy. <laughs> I want, I do, I want Jesus to ride in on that horse and make it all good. I don't want to have to do any I don't want to have to work for it I just want it like to happen and I want it to happen now actually I may have wanted it to happen yesterday I'm no different what are we waiting for what kind of a savior are we waiting for are we waiting for the savior who gives us this easy kind of I like orange I like purple schmoopy kind of love or or what is love Hallmark Channel love, right? I love that, especially in this season. I mean, we're bombarded with that kind of love. Everything goes well. Everything turns out. So during Advent and Christmas, when we celebrate the incarnation, God became flesh and dwelt among us. We celebrate this Jesus who loves us, who speaks the truth about us, and to us, if we are willing to listen, this Jesus who is dangerous and countercultural, the one who said, Come follow me, do as I'm doing, loving the unlovely, breaking the rules, but always and forever for the sake of love. And love is here right now. Even as, I, even as I speak those words, I get those chills that, you know, that cover our body when we feel like, yeah, this is true. Love is here right now. It's here for us. It's here with us. It's here to take. It's here to trust and believe and hold on to. But it's not schmoopy. I told you about John and I. I want to talk about my grandmother. I've... You guys have heard me talk about her a lot. Uh, she's the OG Oma. Um, thinking about her means love to me. And for her, love was definitely an adventure. She did so many things in her lifetime. She walked two daughters from their hometown of Königsberg in Prussia to a small town in Bavaria, which was a journey of 844.5 miles. I googled it. She had no car and not a lot of money. She walked with them. Other than a short stint on a troop train, she walked. She did this to keep them safe. She gave up everything, her whole life and all of her possessions, to keep her two daughters safe. And then she figured out housing for them, 
there was no heart <laughs> ministry available for her. And then when my mother was pregnant with my sister, and I was a little over a year old, and the man who was the father had, uh, had left, she came and she rescued us, and she took us all to the place where she lived. She foraged and she gleaned for food in the hills, the fields, the sides of the road, so that she could feed us. She sewed our clothing so that we could be clothed. She gave up her own life. She gave up her youth, any attempts to live for herself, to live for us. She sacrificed for her children and her grandchildren. She came to America. Once here, she never stopped sacrificing. She took care of my sister and I while my mother worked. She was the disciplinarian. She chased me with a fly swatter, and man, did I get, did I get that thing. She was the cook. She was the one who taught us manners and kindness. She prayed for us every night out loud. She did it all for love. She loved the way Jesus loved. It was an uncomfortable love. It was a self-sacrificial love. It was a working love. Love always. If we can receive Jesus loving us, love always demands a response. And how do we respond with, from, to love? Always with love. And so her love wasn't schmoopy at all. No one would have noticed. No one would have known how much she loved her family. They might have seen a grumpy, short German woman. They didn't see that she had sacrificed everything for the sake of love. Kind of like Jesus did. <laughs> so, the years, they take their toll. Love received from God when we were children or 15 or 18 or 25 or 30-something or even today. It's hard to receive. And I'm asking us to receive that love again, even when it's not easy to believe that we are worthy of that love. So we serve a Christ to Jesus, fully God, fully man, born to a woman. And I'm going to segue here, and I'm going to say, well, what about that woman? Because I am one. And I think it's really important that we consider Mary and how she loved. She is more than a womb pressed into service. She is God's conversation partner. She is the preferred partner, even over her husband, She's more than her womb. She's more than her motherhood. An important reminder when we have so many stories, especially in the church, that focus on mothers and children. But God places the blessing on anyone who trusts and reveres them. It doesn't matter what kind of bodies we have. It doesn't matter what functions we can perform, 
or how capable or incapable we are of performing. We have all become the longed-for children. We are all, each and every one of us, the beloved children of God. And his love is sacrificial and giving. So let's go to our scripture. We haven't even gone there yet. Oh, my gosh. It's from 1 John 4. I love, I love this so much. This time I, I used the message, and it is a paraphrase, and I want to say that. So there are other, obviously, translations out there, but sometimes the message conveys it best, for my reading anyway. And it says this. It says, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we were once upon a time, not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice. What do we send as a sacrifice? Where does our love go? To clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another... God dwells deeply within us, and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. So notice this: what the scripture does. It makes an unbreakable connection between God's loving us and our love for one another. My grandmother's love for her children and grandchildren. And as we read... We ought to love one another. I hate the word should. I kind of wanted to put it in there for a little bit. But we ought to. It, it, it should, it could be something that moves us, that drives us. But it really can't unless, notice, we receive that God's love comes first. It came first in creating the world. It came first in promising a Savior, in sending Jesus into the world. God loves in the disruption, the holy disruption that Jesus on earth caused. May we be disruptors for the sake of love. God's love always comes first, but then ours, when we receive God's love, is called to follow. Okay, so remember the syrupy love story that I told about John and I? It, the story goes on. I've already mentioned that. For a very long season, John would date me, and I would date him back. And we did, uh, you know, we moved in together. I had everything. I had so much freedom to be his beloved. I mean, I, you know, I could clean his toilets and I could cook his dinner. 
Um, but, you know, we were, we were, I was loved. And uh, he provided for me, even he assisted financially in so many ways. But there was something that was really missing there. And what was missing was covenant. You see, there was love, but there was no promise. We've been talking about the promise. We've been talking about the fact that God loves us. And the story of John's and my finally getting to where we were married is messy. He hates it. <laughs> um, I like it because it's redemptive. But it's a, it's a messy story. And a lot of you know that after we'd been married almost 18 years, we got married again. Um, because even, even the covenant was kind of hidden way back in the day. But I didn't have full access, even though it seemed like I had full access, until he made the promise to me. And I think about here at LBCF, we're struggling with some things right now in leadership. We have a sexual document um, that talks about uh, we can affirm. And actually, our LGBTQ community, they have the run of this house. They can be anyone and everything. They can be pastors and they can be elders. They can teach, preach, and serve. But we have not made full covenant with them. They get to live with us, but we haven't married them yet. And this woke me up at 1 o'clock in the morning, and it would not let me go. And so my, my sense is that I would not be honoring God if this morning when I talked about love, I didn't also invite us to complete the covenant and enter into the marriage feast, the one that Jesus promises to each and every one of us that he loves. He does not see the places where we are disabled. He cherishes them. He touches our wounded places. He sews the clothing and he forages for the food, all for the sake of love and for the sake of promise. I want to end with a quote from Wilda Gaffney. She's a uh, Episcopal priest and theologian. We are waiting. Each of us for different things. We are waiting as a community. We are waiting for Jesus. We are waiting for Jesus to come back, and while we wait, we wait with Jesus. In this world that needs him still, in this community that needs him still, we need Jesus still. He came to us to be with us as we are, that we might be as he is. And while we wait between this Advent and the next, we have work to do. We have work to do in the world and work to do in ourselves. Like the Israelites, we inhabit a world in need of transformation. We have an opportunity to rebuild and renew, to forge new relationships 
and strengthen existing bonds. This waiting time is a measure of grace so that we might repent and prepare our hearts for that which we await. God is not slow about the promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with us, with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Even God is waiting, and one day our wait will be over. We shall see God, and see and be seen, know and be known, and our joy will ring out like the prophet on the hills. Isaiah 40. Claire of Assisi, Francis's female sidekick, said this, love that does not know of suffering is not worthy of the name. Amen. I want to read you also, right before we move into a time of communion, um, something from uh, Kate Bowler. It's a blessing for love to come at Christmas. God, we are waiting for love. Not the simple kind or the sweep-you-off-your-feet kind, but the absurd kind. The kind wrapped in rags, resting in a bucket of animal feed. Love enough to save us all. Blessed are we who look for love deeper, fuller, truer than we have ever known than we could have ever hoped for. Blessed are we who seek you, the light that dawned so long ago in that dark stable. Love given, love received, love acted on. Receive this gift, dear one. Love has come for you. Thank you for this time.